RN grams there in the ICU. He's got a telemetry monitor on his patients. You know, it's binging away. Um, if it drops too low, if it gets too high, but how good is wearing a little watch on your hand going to do compared to having 12 leads on your chest? The holidays, Maximal Beings, watches, rings, and apps. These are a few of our favorite things, but how accurate are they at tracking your health? This week at Maximal Being Fitness, Nutrition, and Gut Health, Doc Mock, me, and RN Graham explore the science behind the accuracy of fitness tracking devices. Do us a favor, Maximal Beings, and leave us a comment or review. Hit the subscribe button and let your friends and family know so that we can get the word out. You cannot supplement your way to health, but there are things that we need to add to our lives that can maximize our pathway to wellness. The American diet is virtually devoid of omega-3 fatty acids, which play a major role in cardiovascular disease, gut permeability, and mental health. Personally, I take omega-3s every night, and iHerb is the best place for clean, natural sources of supplements. I love the ZenWise Omega-3 Fatty Acid Supplement, which is free of fish burps and good for the environment. Head on over to MaximalBeing.com iHerb, that's I-H-E-R-B, and enter the code B as in boy, D as in dog, B as in boy, 5528, and receive 10% off your orders for all supplements. Maximize your supplements with iHerb. Welcome to Maximal Being, a GI doc and ICU nurse that break down the science so you can exceed your gut health, nutrition, and fitness goals. So, let's smash the bro science and optimizing your health with your hosts, Doc Mock and R.N. Graham. We go live? Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Hello, Maximal Beings. It's R.N. Graham here with... Uh, Mr. Doc Mock, wearing his beautiful holiday-looking sweater there. Me, Thank you. Of course, I always my, wear my Lions gear. But we are here to discuss with you today, it's that time of year, you know, presents, presents, and more presents, isn't that what it's all about? So what we're going to do today is we're going to go over a kind of a fitness guide or a buying guide for the fitness enthusiasts and the aspiring fitness enthusiasts. So, without further ado, of course, I'm uh, I'm Aaron Graham. I am a registered nurse here in South Florida. I work on the ICU unit. I also am an ex-fitness competitor and fitness enthusiast. So, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pass it off to Doc Mock. What's going on, Maximal Beings? Doc Mock here today. I am all business up top. But I'm all, you know, casual down below. I'm actually wearing my rogue shorts down below. You can't see it, but I got my ugly Christmas sweater going on. So I just thought it was appropriate to like marry both of the worlds together. Um, I am a therapeutic endoscopist, functional medicine practitioner in gut health. And I also dabble in fitness and nutrition. So back to you, RN Grant. So like I stated earlier, it's that time of year where we go gift shopping. Um, and, you know, we focus here a lot on fitness, of course. So that's part of the big thing that we do. So what better gift to give somebody than some motivation into the fitness realm? 
So, you know, you can go big or you can go small, but we're going to talk about a couple products. We won't be name dropping very much, um, but we will be going over what to look for when it comes to certain things. So, Doc Mock, what do you and when, when, when you go work out, what do you grab? What goes into your fitness bag? So I'm a, I'm a minimalist, as you know, um, I had a patellar injury when I was in high school, like actually fractured my patella broken in half. Um, so I always make sure my knees are protected. I do wear knee sleeves. Apart from that, uh, I was really resistant to like the fitness tracker for years, but I finally decided to just kind of invest in it after reading a little bit, reading a little bit. And, and I did go ahead and grab a fitness tracker, which I wear on my wrist when I'm not wearing my wonderful holiday present from RN Graham, my, my other great watch. Uh, so thank you for that, buddy. Um, apart from that, you know, um, I, I really just focus on the equipment and I have some mobility stuff like a lacrosse ball, um, and, and a few other, like a wrap that I'll bring with me. Um, but other than that, I'm a, I'm a minimalist, man. Fantastic. I mean, there's not really much you need to bring with you. But there are some trends uh, that go into the fitness world that people use more and more every day. We're talking about, of course, the fitness tracker, like Doc Mock stated. Uh, we're also talking about stuff like headphones. Um, and really, those two are the big electronic products that most people are bringing with them. Um, so we're going to go over some of the things to look for when purchasing these items. Uh, number one, let's just put it out there right now. You don't have to spend a ton of money to get something good when it comes to these products. You can spend anywhere between 20 bucks on some decent headphones that you're gonna go in the gym, you're gonna sweat out versus spending four or 500 bucks for the latest and greatest. It's really up to you. Um, and that's one of the things that we're gonna talk about. Same thing uh, likewise with the fitness tracker. So depending on what you're looking for, functionality, whether you're looking for a fitness tracker versus a smartwatch, um, we're gonna go over that as well. So. Doc Mock, what is it about your fitness tracker that you love so much? So for me, um, the biggest reason why I honestly wear my fitness tracker is, is number one, to be a total fitness nerd about it. Like I like to have some sort of objective measure that I can track and look at. Mm -hmm. But most importantly for me, to be honest with you, is to track my steps during the day because I get a discount on my health insurance if I get X number of steps. So that, that's actually the, the biggest um, reason. I was wearing just a, a pedometer, every, you know, every day, something that clips on you, it costs like 30 bucks, but I kept losing them. And so um, this has allowed me to just have something that um, I feel a little more environmentally responsible. I can wear it on my wrist. I'm not going to lose it somewhere. It's not going to fall off. And it actually, it's a lot more accurate because it has GPS in it, as opposed to using surrogate markers like feeling your hip uh, brush up against it. So you, you just nailed something there. Um, it's about usability when it comes to a lot of these items. So first of all, let, let, let's separate the difference between a smartwatch and a fitness tracker because they're not the same. Um, so basically what a smartwatch is, it's a watch that comes with fitness features versus a fitness tracker, which is... Um, a fitness tracker that comes with sometimes smartwatch features. We're talking about able to use apps, you know, get text messages, connect to your phone. That's the really the big difference between these. Now, most of them also have very, very, very similar components. 
you talked about the GPS, which we'll go into in depth in a little bit here. Um, we can talk about the heart rate monitors, which is another big thing, sleep tracking, you know, all those things come in and they come into play. But one thing I will say about the fitness tracker is it motivates you. Doc Mock, when you, when you go ahead and you look on that watch and you see, okay, well, I'm at 7,000 steps and it's 11 a.m., how are you feeling? Oh, you feel damn good. I mean, you feel like you have woken up and already accomplished something during that day. Not to mention all the endorphins, the feel-good hormones that are floating around your brain You because you've moved around already. Love it. Exactly. So, I mean, we even found research stating, you know, that it really does play a part. It plays a big part in motivating you to, to be even more active and more fit. Like you said, that's seven, I mean, at 11 a.m., if I'm at 7,000 steps, my goal is to break my record, you know, and I'm checking periodically to see, oh, man, am I, am I 11,000? Am I at 12,000? What am I at? So it is proven that these items really do help motivate. What have you found in the research? Yeah. Um, so we found several studies, one being a randomized controlled trial, but the I think the biggest study to focus on is a meta-analysis and systematic review. And just for the readers, just taking a nerdy step back, you know, what that is, is you take good quality data, you take a conglomeration of those data, filter it into the things that uh, add bias or interfere with the results. And then what you come out with is just a grouping of really great trials. You lump them together, you analyze the data together. Sometimes you find similar results as the individual components, and sometimes you'll find different results. So Dr. Brickwood in 2019 in uh, JMIR Health did a, did a meta-analysis, and what her main determinant was is to see, do fitness trackers motivate people to actually get healthier? And what she found is, in fact, yes, when you give somebody some sort of a wearable device that encourages movement and, and it also sometimes and some people will add the, the fun component to it with gamifying uh, movement. And so I think at a bare minimum, a fitness tracker adds that and motivation. Right. And I think that if you want to motivate your loved ones around the holiday, that is just that in and of itself, regardless of the accuracy of the device, which we're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. That is a very com uh, important component. Yeah, I, I couldn't dis I couldn't agree more with what you're saying. Um, my wife, a few years back, uh, had a fitness tracker. And granted, fitness trackers have evolved greatly um, through accuracy, functionality, um, some of the apps that, that are used now. Uh, but I think it was 2015, she got her first fitness tracker. And I mean, she would strap it on and she would go in the gym and she had to hit a certain number um, because the fitness tracker said that I burned this much calorie, so I must be doing good. Now, once again, we will talk about accuracy, but accuracy aside, that's motivation, you know, and like you said, it's a phenomenal gift to motivate someone to, to do more. Um, so I, for one, will say, yeah. Big motivation factor. I absolutely love with this. In fact, there's a lot of healthcare insurance out, companies out there that were handing out fitness trackers because number one, getting people moving gets them healthier. Getting them healthier, less chances are they going to use that insurance, right? Yeah, and I, I'm actually one of our, my institutions, like wellness ambassadors. So I'm out there trying to always motivate people. We did in October this October Fest Step Challenge. 
And across my three components of practices, we got over 8 million steps. Wow. So it's amazing the power of motivation. And um, special shout out to our, our top two step leaders, which was Stacy Way, who I work with, who was like, I don't even know how she got that many steps in a day. It was miraculous. And then also um, uh, Laurel Spencer, who was our overall step champion. It was just, just phenomenal that what these uh, warriors are doing out there. It's amazing. Yep. One thing we also know, we've discussed this in past uh, podcast, is neat. That's a good way to get your knee up right there and get your steps going. You're not necessarily in the gym working out, but you're working out. Exactly. So let's talk about some of the functionalities of these fitness trackers. And we're going to go in depth because are they worth it? You know, am I going to spend my money because this, this tracker claims to do this or claims to do that? And is it really doing that? So I'm going to start out with one of the biggest things um, that every fitness tracker basically claims, and that's heart rate monitoring. So, you know, I look down my fitness tracker and says, oh, okay, my heart rate must be good because it's 60. So let me go and go do my workout. You know, I'm going to try to hit that target heart rate. Um, so once it hits that target heart rate, I, I must be doing good because the fitness tracker says that. Is that accurate? Yeah. So, um, you know, just taking another step back. So, heart rate goals. So there are really two main components to this. So it's exercise strenuousness, which really is measured by something called the Duke classification. The Duke classification is what cardiologists use, like Dr. Ankur Kalra, who we had on the show a few episodes ago. When they're getting somebody on that treadmill or giving them a medicine to exercise their heart, it's a way to determine, is that heart exercising at the appropriate level, which essentially is 220 minus that person's age, and you want to get around um, 80% of that number for something to be deemed strenuous. Mm -hmm. um, and so that when you see, you know, certain things have threshold monitors, or there's a, a very commercial high intensity interval training um, corporation that has centers, um, and they're telling you to get in a specific zone, that's how they determine what that zone is for getting you strenuous exercise. But it's about balance, right? You don't want to be all full throttle all the time or sympathetic. Mm -hmm. You also want to counterbalance that with some parasympathetic work, which is things like mindfulness meditation. This does have a profound impact on your health of your heart. So, so that's one thing is strenuousness. But on the other side is heart rate variability or HRV. HRV is a good surrogate marker for our general health. And if you have high degrees of heart rate variability, that does correlate very well with overall mortality, meaning your risk of dying, and also your overall cardiovascular health. There also have been studies that have linked it to genuine, genuine fitness. Um, on our EPOC episode with DEXE, we talked about, you know, other markers, which is VO2 max. Um, mm -hmm. Some some of these markers will will look at VO2 max, but looking specifically at heart rate variability, it is, it's a good surrogate marker for somebody's overall health and fitness. So how accurate are a lot of these devices? So RN Grams, they're in the ICU. He's got a telemetry monitor on his patients. You know, it's binging away um, if it drops too low, if it gets too high. But how good is wearing a little watch on your hand going to do compared to having 12 leads on your chest. So it turns out it does okay. 
Mm-hmm. And there are two components to determining how good something is at measuring, right? As a test. And that's sensitivity, meaning you screen somebody for cancer, you're going to catch all of the people that are at risk for cancer, but not all of those people will have cancer. Correct. And if you want to test that's very precise, meaning you measure it, they're going to get cancer. That's specificity. That's the other side of the coin. It's hard to get something to be both sensitive and specific. And so heart rate monitors on fitness trackers, as compared to what we do in the healthcare field, are sensitive, but not specific, meaning that they'll catch more people at risk, but it's not always 100% precise. That's a beautiful way of putting it, because the fact of the matter is, of course, I mean, this guy, this guy knows his stuff. <laughs> the fact I'm of the matter is, though, like, like, like you said, is we're looking for a range. You know, we're, we're a lot of these new products out there. Once again, I'm not name dropping claim EKG use, you know, medical this, medical that. And no, it, it's it's not accurate. It, it really isn't. It's not to the point where um, it's going to detect certain things. Now, granted, like you said, with the cancer screening, it will be, you will be able to see and monitor certain events where you can, you know, bring it to your doctor's attention and stuff like that. But these things are not made to be used for complete accuracy and medical um, diagnosis by any means. You You mentioned heart rate variability. Now, someone that is fit, someone that goes out there, like when you were running and you were running miles and miles a day. What was your heart rate variability? So um, I would imagine it was it was relatively moderate at that time because, you know, I was all sympathetic and not as much parasympathetic work. I wasn't doing meditation. I wasn't doing mindfulness training or deep breathing. I wasn't just spending time walking. I was just running eight miles, taking a day off, not eating enough. Right. So your body's under stress. And so again, what heart rate variability is, is it's, it's a, it's your body's ability to measure your autonomic nervous system output. So your ability to get back to a baseline level. So when you go from running to going back to rest, does your heart rate return rapidly back to your resting state? Now I know what my numbers are and my resting heart rates around in the fifties, like probably low fifties. Um, I've tried out for, you know, like in, in health, health clubs and stuff. And they've measured my heart rate when I come in and they're like, Oh my God, you're, are you okay? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, listen, I'm a doctor having a low heart rate is actually a good predictor that I'm probably healthier than people with a normal heart rate. Um, It can be indicative of, of underlying arrhythmias, but, but if you're a healthy, active person and not having symptoms, it's usually an indicator of being helped. But my ability when after I exercise to drop back down to 50 occurs usually within 30 to 45 minutes. And that means that I have a high degree of heart rate variability. Aaron Graham said it. he's sitting there and he has a relatively low heart rate. So that that's again, a good indicator that he's healthy. Um, so I think that now that I have a better balance doing that parasympathetic work to offset the sympathetic work, my heart rate variability is higher. And therefore I have lower risk of death from cardiovascular disease. 
the reason why I bring this up is because it's such a big push on heart rate, heart rate, heart rate with all these monitoring equipment. But just because it monitors your heart rate, you need to know what that involves and why it's important. So that's why I went over that. Um, the next big thing, fitness rise for me is exercise recognition. So you mentioned earlier, you know, you used to clip this pedometer to your hip and, you know, brushing up against it, you would be able to tell, you know, how far you're, or how many steps you're taking. Now, there's an easy way to cheat on a pedometer. You just mm -hmm. take it in your hand and you do this. <laughs> yep. Or attach it to a dog and let them. Exactly. Let the dog go wild. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you don't want to cheat yourself. You know, when you see these numbers, you want them to be as accurate as possible. Um, and a lot of these fitness equipment now, and a lot of the fitness trackers and smartwatches are able to do exercise recognition. So it's more accurate in that sense as well. So this is going back to the whole accuracy thing. Um, so let's talk about the smartphone integration when it comes to these devices. So as I mentioned before, there's a difference between a smartwatch and a fitness tracker. Does your fitness tracker have smartwatch capabilities? Uh, mine does not. It, it really, all it does is track fitness. On the other hand, my wonderful wife, Katie, will, you know, she has a smartwatch. And so we'll go on a hike. The hike's, you know, been hiked by the, the forest industry. They know the set amount of distance that it is, say seven, eight miles. We go on the hike. We both set our fitness trackers and we see who wins, right? Who gets a more accurate number. And it's always the fitness tracker, not the smartwatch, because the smartwatch is intermittently sending signals to measure a surrogate marker where you may be in that space. But my GPS knows my stride, knows the speed at which I'm, I'm, I'm working, knows exactly where I'm traveling and can show me a map on the hiking trail. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's exceptionally accurate. And, and that's why I personally love fitness trackers more than smartwatches when it comes to fitness. Now, the great thing about smartwatches are the fact that, you know, in an emergency situation, you can make a phone call. Now, every fitness tracker has that ability. Yep. Also, with the fact the matter is, you know, if you need to send a quick text message or if you need to check a quick email or something like that, you have the accessibility on, the, on your uh, smartwatch versus your fitness tracker. That being said, another reason why I like fitness trackers is this, you can get away from that. You know, if you're out hiking, this is your time. It's not time to be answering emails. It's not time to be making phone calls. Only emergency situations, I feel like this is a time to be accepting or making that phone call. So that's also something to think about when it comes to those things. Um, the next thing I want to talk about is something, that you is something that you mentioned is the GPS. Why do you love the GPS so much? Yeah, I think, again, being a nerdy scientist, like I think accuracy is an important component to it. I'm not as like worried about, um, you know, somebody being able to find me in space, but it, when you are on those hiking trails, it, you know, we, we hiked a, 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 in Utah about a year ago when you could go on vacation and, you know, you're just out there. It's like you and the coyotes and that's it. And, and sometimes there's no sign. So knowing exactly where and how to get back to where you started, I think is important if you're using it for, for that purpose. Yeah, I mean, you never want to be the roadrunner in that situation. Or maybe you do, because a roadrunner always seems to get away. I'm just saying. <laughs> me, me. Me, me. <laughs> so that's another thing that you should definitely look for, you know, GPS functionality. That, once again, 
If you are into fitness and not just the look and usability of a smartwatch, GPS functions are great, phenomenal, a must-have, especially if you're spending money on, on these type of things. Um, so we talked about the running aspect of it. What about being waterproof? Yeah, I mean, if you're sweating or if you're doing some sort of a water sport at like uh, swimming, which is an amazing source of exercise, you're, you're skiing, snowboarding, whatever. Like, I think that having that water resistant or waterproof component is really important, at least as a minimum to deter sweat, you know? Yes. And also it should be kind of rough and tumble, right? You shouldn't be like, oh no, I scratched my screen. Oh, I got to, oh no, my screen scratched. Like you, it's, it's designed to be kind of, to, to, to see stress, right? Just like your body. That's exactly right. You know, that's what fitness is about. Fitness isn't pretty. It, it really isn't. You know, it's, it's hard work. And you, that's another thing you're going to need. You're going to need to make sure you're buying something with the ruggedness. Um, that's why the one that you have is actually probably one of my favorite ones because you want to talk about rugged. I'm sure you've knocked that thing around a few times and it's held up, um, you know, versus once again, the smartwatch, which looks pretty, but can it really hold up? Um, and talking about water resistance and you, you brought up swimming, swimming is one of the best forms of exercise, but not every smartwatch out there can be used for swimming much yet has the exercise recognition to know that you're swimming. So this is something else that you need to, to, to look out for. You don't want to damage your four or $500 equipment because you're sweating too much. You know, that's part of working out. You need to be sweating. If you're not sweating, uh, chances are you could probably be working out a little bit harder. Um, so heart rate, exercise recognition, you know, smartphone um, interrog- interrogation, <laughs> integration, GPS, Waters, um, I'm sorry, uh, water resistance, uh, swim support. Those are those are important things. Um, what about movement reminders? I think any reminders on my my devices is annoying. <laughs> I just like, <laughs> like I mean, I guess it's good for to if you need that from from a motivational perspective. But I turn my motivation like all the things that um, remind me to do something off because again, when I'm when I'm, at, when I'm at work, I'm getting called, text, paged, all these things. When I'm working out, I want to work out. So my phone is in the other room. If I'm hiking, it sits in the car. I just want to be in the moment. Correct. And listen, you want motivation? Look at the numbers on the watch. Look at the numbers on the tracker. Listen to Maximal Being. <laughs> being articles. You'll tell the motivation you need in life. Okay, people? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, not a, I'm not a fan of movement reminders either. Because I'm like, who are you to tell me I'm being lazy? I know, right? I'm at work. I'm trying to work here. <laughs> I'm trying to do some stuff here. Like, I, know, I can't I'm in move the middle right of now. A procedure. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> it's been 15 minutes. You haven't moved. That's because my hands are knee deep in blood. That's why. Yeah, that's right. I'm it's because RN Graham's doing chest compressions <laughs> and saving a life. So, I mean, shut up. <laughs> shut up. Exact phone. same way I feel. Like, don't tell me what to do. I will do it. I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm looking. I know where I am. I can keep track of it. I can yeah. motivate myself. That's okay. so I'm not a huge person on those reminders. Another big, big element, and we are huge on this, is sleep tracking. What are your feelings on the accuracy of sleep tracking? And is it really even tracking my sleep? How does it so, know I'm sleeping? 
Yeah. So uh, all of you should go back to our episode where we talk about sleep. It really, we do, I think, a good job of breaking down sleep cycles, how to improve your sleep um, and and things to avoid around the time of sleep. So that said, um, the best way to monitor from a medical perspective, how you're doing at sleep is with a pulse ox, which is a thing that goes on your finger, your ear, or even centrally into a vessel and measures your oxygen levels with an electroencephalogram or EEG, not to be confused with EKG, which we're talking about with heart rate variability. That is numerous electrodes that are glued essentially onto your head in various points. You look ridiculous. Um, if you go back to Ghostbusters from the, the 80s, you know, they had yep. the EEG monitor on their heads and look funny. And then you sleep with all those things on and we monitor those factors. You'll note that when you wear a ring um, or a watch, it measures your sleep quality without having a head tape full of all these things and a pulse ox on your finger. Mm -hmm. So that means that inherently it's not going to be as accurate. And so what the way that your watch or whatever it is will measure your sleep quality is by a few things. Wakefulness, meaning you wait, 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 move. Wait, wait. I have a question. Is it that it sees me and it's watching me? <laughs> <laughs> Is it like Santa Claus? <laughs> yeah, right. Or, or if there's lizard people in the government that are tracking, right? Yeah. But um, no, so it's, it is measuring a kind of your pulse ox. So it, it will have some degree of accuracy with your oxygen saturation, um, but it doesn't do a good job at measuring brain waves. So it just takes, if you're moving, and it also takes um, your pulse ox. So they're surrogate markers. So again, studies have found that they are sensitive, but yet not specific. And actually there was an article that I pulled from MedPage today written by a, a, a sleep doctor, sleep medicine doctor, where they looked at the accuracy of these things. And it's highly sensitive again, but not very specific. And in fact, he, he was wearing one while he did his study and measuring himself the more accurate way in a sleep lab. And again, he didn't find a great degree of correlation. And what he said he's found very commonly in his practice is that actually it will overestimate the degree of restlessness in people. And we've talked about this on the sleep episode, but Christy Ashwender in Good to Go, which is an amazing book on all of the recovery methods, actually cites an example of a physician who wore a sleep tracker and um, it was saying she had a sleep disorder, went into a sleep lab. Again, this is a physician who knows like the accuracy of these things. Um, and, at, and the sleep lab said she's sleeping fine. But then later she developed a sleep disorder as the result of the anxiety associated with having a sleep disorder. Mm -hmm. So, you know, again, just if it's stressing you out, you know, take that device off and leave it in the other room. You know, you're going to know if you're sleeping well or not. And if you really have any question, you know, go see a doctor. And and they've looked at all of the devices. And again, sensitive, not specific. Exactly. I mean, once again, these are not here to diagnose you medically. You want to be diagnosed. You want to find out if you have a sleeping disorder. Go see a physician. I mean, that that's what they're there for. You know, you're going to get more information from your physician than you are Google an app, you know, a fitness tracker, a smartwatch, you know, those things didn't go to medical school. They're using a formula 
that works well overall, but it's not science. It's not completely accurate. So they, they also emit blue light, which interferes with your sleep. Some of yep. them do. And they can, uh, you know, I don't want to put my tinfoil hat on here, but they can, <laughs> they can uh, emit some, what we call dirty electricity, which, you know, is kind of a weaker uh, Wi-Fi signal, which mm-hmm. can interfere with some of that electroencephalography results and, and has been shown to interfere with some degree of sleep. Yep. So again, when I, when I am going to bed at night, my sleep tracker stays in the other room because I just want to sleep, you know? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it, it's interesting to see how much you're sleeping, but once again, this isn't 100% science um, that's going on. Um, to the fact that it's going to be 100% accurate. And like you said, you're going to know if you're sleeping well or not. If you're waking up fatigued in the morning, you don't need a tracker to tell you that. You know, your body will tell you. So going back to uh, the items that you're looking for, uh, what about display? I see that yours has a pretty good display on it. Does that matter to you? Yeah, not as much. I mean, it is big, right? It's kind of, and it's just, I think, aesthetics more than anything else. If it had a smaller display, that would be okay with me too. I don't, I don't, I don't really find the display. I don't want anything that's super elaborate that again, is going to like remind me of stuff and send me text messages. I, I just want to see the time and my heart rate during the exercise. That's all I care about really. Yep. Cause you know what? You can get everything else through an app. Yes. So you don't need that big, fancy screen. Um, once again, this goes back to what you are looking for. If you're someone that is you know, interested in the fashion of the item, sure, by all means, get your big, shiny screen. But what it's going to do is it's probably going to drag you away from whatever you're doing because you can flip through it and you can read that email or you, know, you can do everything on these, on these smartwatches. I'm not bashing smartwatches by any means because I believe that Fitness trackers and smartwatches can serve the same functionality. And um, if used correctly, they are amazing in the fitness realm. But you always have to remember, sometimes you got to take a step away. Like you said, when you're, when you're at the end of your day, you put it away because you don't need that to track your sleep. You know, some people may, but if you're going to track your sleep, that's fine. But don't be going through it, you know, looking at your text messages in the middle of the night because then you're not sleeping. Yeah, and R and Graham in our in our research of the topic, we actually found some trackers that don't even have a display, mm-hmm. um, and that was actually one of the main ones. Is a big leader in the whole heart rate variability research area. But that said, associated with this is an app cost that is monthly, and so mm-hmm. not only are you buying a device that can cost you anywhere from one hundred to five hundred dollars, but you're also paying a monthly fee for an app. And so I was debating between something super minimal because again, I'm not like sitting there staring at my watch when I'm exercising, I'm exercising. But for me, I was just like, I'm not going to pay $30 a month forever for some app when I already paid for the device and I can get the same sort of thing for less. Exactly. A couple more things to touch base on actually is just compatibility and battery, battery life. So compatibility if you are someone that needs all your things to be linked together, you may want to look into the compatibility of the of these of these products. But one of the last things and one of the most important is battery life. How is your battery life on your uh, piece of equipment there? Yeah, I, I did look at that, and actually, the prior iteration of my device, there was 
comment after comment that the battery life was terrible. But this device in particular, I can usually get about a week out of it without having to charge it. And for me, that's just great. It's just another thing that you don't have to think about doing during your busy week. I couldn't agree more. So there are a f- um, really two items that we want to talk about when it comes to fitness tracking. You know, you actually brought them to my attention because I didn't know much about them before. Do you, do you want to go over them real quick? Um, so yeah, there, there are commercial rings that are available that I, I like the thing that I like about that again, is the low profile aspect. You can easily work out with a ring with a device that's on your finger. It's really interesting that this the particular device was like kind of on, on its way out from like a research perspective up until the last couple of years, I've seen it make a resurgence and the biggest way that they advertise is with accuracy of sleep tracking. Um, and a lot of big fitness enthusiasts will will also say that it uh, you know that it is really good at that. But again, when I pulled research studies, um, the doctor that I would cite is Anthony Pearson, again a sleep doctor, and he put this into his practice and compared it to you know more accurate measures. He didn't find that it correlated from a specificity standpoint. And again, he thought it overestimated wakefulness because if you're in bed and you're in REM sleep, your body's going to move a little bit, at least your eyes will. Or you may be in stage three or stage two and turn. That doesn't mean that you're disrupting your sleep necessarily. You just may be repositioning subconsciously. It's more of a brainwave pattern. Um, And again, you know, and then on the other side, in terms of accuracy of heart rate variability, we did also look at one of the devices that is super minimalist, but again, the, the issues with that is just that, that monthly price, you know, despite being a very accurate um, measure of heart rate variability and hence recovery and strain is how they uh, define it. You're going to know if you had a rough workout the day before. Your muscles are going to be sore. Mm-hmm. I don't think that you necessarily need an app to tell you that. But I will tell you that overtraining syndrome is a reality people that think they need to run eight miles every day or think that they need to train every single day at a high intensity, you are going to be overtraining. And actually one of our clients where we were working with her, she's getting over an illness and was really struggling at the gym, but she fell back a little bit after the illness, wanted to get right back to where she was before the illness and was as a result training too much. So we just backed up her training, gave her more recovery, and now she's back to where she started. I mean, those things are so important. And this is can, can be a caveat of these fitness trackers is the fact that you're going to go and try to beat your PR every single day. And sometimes that's not a good thing. You know, there is such thing as too much motivation. So, um, yeah, I mean, with, with the ring, you know, there is a minimal design. It's small, it monitors your vitals. Um, and it has a very good battery life, by the way. One of the reasons it became so popular is with the COVID-19 pandemic, a lot of NBA and WNBA players, you know, they were they were tossing it on because they said, oh, it's a good way to find out if you have COVID. No, no, no. <laughs> good way to find out is go get tested. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it is an amazing product and it's, you know, it's tiny. So it just shows you where we have gone as far as, um, you know, technology into these fitness trackers. Okay, so enough with the fitness trackers. We're done with that. 
Let's touch base real quick, real small on one other item. And the reason why is because I love this item. It's earphones, headphones, earpods. When I go to the gym, I want to be away from the world. I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to hear anybody talking. I don't care what you did yesterday. I don't care what you're going to do later on. I'm there to work out. I'm there to tune out. So that being said, headphones are always going in my bag. When I go to the gym without headphones, I have an issue. Is that the same for you? Or are you one of those people I'd be like, oh, I'm fine. <laughs> no, I, I love listening to music. I think it's a great motivator. I mean, there's nothing that makes me happier other than listening to something that's heavy and high throttle. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the problem of, I mean, you know, it's the holiday season. These are elf ears right here, right? I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm just being real. But these ears don't accommodate most headphones. So for me, I had to look and look and look for something that wasn't going to just be falling out of my ear every four seconds when I'm training. The mm-hmm. last thing you want to be doing is in the middle of a clean and jerk and your headphone pops out of your ear, yeah, it's throws off your balance, and then you're mm-hmm. dropping a barbell on your head. I've never, I've never done that, but but it's just annoying. Yeah, don't, I just want to listen to my music. No, he, he did it. I've seen him. I've seen him. <laughs> but no, you, you're exactly right. And, you know, there's nothing really to talk about much about earphones because the same thing you're looking for in these fitness tracks and these smartwatches are the same thing you're basically looking for in the headphone. Functionality, usability, um, waterproof. The fact is they're going to stay in my damn ear. <laughs> you know, I love jumping rope and I used to have over the, uh, over the air headphones. They're still my favorite because I don't like things in my ear. I just don't. It's annoying. Even this, <laughs> but you know, the problem with those over the head earphones is they would fall backwards, fall forward. You know, those things come to play. Also the padding on those, they get wet they start to strip off. And it's really annoying because you spend a good portion of the gym going, what is this? What is this? So, you know, I've learned and I've, I've adapted to having in-ear. But once again, it's up to you. There's so many different types. There's so many different qualities. You don't have to go out there and spend, you know, $500 on the newest product that has the fruit on it. You know, I'm sure they're amazing. I, I am. But I'm in the gym roughing it. If those things fall and break, I'm going to be pretty upset. So, I mean, that that's how it goes as far as headphones go. But, you know, those are little quick items that you can toss into stocking. Stocking stuffers, phenomenal. So, Doc Mock, is there anything you want to add? You know, I just wanted to say uh, we're approaching the new year. And it is going to be go time for so many of you out there. We, we here at Maximal Being are ready to serve. You know, nothing is better. And we have seen this a lot recently with our, we have an amazing deal and promotion 50% off of our, uh, all of our custom packages right now with a huge value. I think, I mean, we're offering about a 2000 to $3,000 value for people with all of the products that they get with their plan. In addition to getting a custom consult with, with this fine gentleman, that's, uh, you know, sitting in Miami um, and a plan that's designed specifically for you and you also get coaching for 90 days. I think giving somebody a maximal being plan is a perfect way to uh, start 2021 off. That's what I think. Stuff that in your stocking. (laughs) (laughs) I I couldn't agree more. Listen, um, you want success, check us out. 
Check us out on the website. Check us out on the podcast. We uh, we give a lot of information for free, but that's because we're trying to sit here and we're trying to educate you and hopefully bring you in to show you that we're only giving you a small bit. There's a lot more knowledge to, to come your way. So, yeah, and, and Aaron Graham and I are not in it for the money. We just gave away a package to Make-A-Wish Foundation, and we're really excited to be able to give that money away. You know, most of the money that we earn from the site just goes right back into educating everybody. And, you know, again, we just we just want to spread the word of, of the right, you know, what we think is the right way, the science way to do things. I couldn't agree with you more. So on that, we will take a commercial break. If you're stuck at home and cannot make it to the grocery store, delivery may be the best way to stay clean and healthy. Instacart is the national leader in the direct-to-home delivery service. With numerous major chains and food from smaller stores, you can get those local veggies sent directly to your doorstep. Head on over to MaximalBean.com Instacart and maximize your nutrition today. What's going on, Maximal Beings? It's Doc Mock here. Many of you are returning to the gym now, but some are not going back. Regardless of what you plan, Rogue has got the right gear to fit your needs. I personally own a barbell set and love it. The black ops shorts are sweat resistant and flexible for getting deep in your squats. Head on over to MaximalBeing.com Rogue for our referral link. Order three items and they ship for free. And as usual, it's Doc Mock, and I'm here to maximize your pathway to wellness. Do we have any listener mail? Because I didn't see any in the, um, no? No, I mean, I, I did get a question from somebody we, which we can uh, talk about. Okay, you want to do that real quick? Yeah, sure. Right. And we are back. So, it's the holiday season. We know a lot of people are busy, so we didn't really go into listener mail uh that big this uh this go around but we did get a question from a listener what was that question yeah so the the first question was um from b way and she was asking about you know what the best ways are to improve skin health Mm -hmm. um which is really interesting you know as a gi doctor um we talk about gut microbiome right and it's this thing that's been around for trillions of years, but all of a sudden everybody is very interested in it, in the research world. All of a sudden you have a microbiome that lives on your skin, right? We talked about that on the return to the gym episode about how sometimes these uh, microbiome bugs can find their way on equipment from your gut in ways that we won't need to talk about, but, (laughs) and there are good things that live on your skin that maybe can be bad if they exit your skin and end up other places in your body. But, you know, they're very responsive to what you put in your body. And so often you need to look at if you're having skin problems, skin breakouts, number one, I would say the most important thing to look at is your diet. We eat things, we don't know what they're composed of, we can't pronounce what they're made of. Those things will profoundly impact the health of your skin. Too much alcohol, too much sugar, things that will impact your hormone levels, um, both medication wise, as well as things within your diet and lifestyle. Those are the things that will throw off your skin health. And so um, in working with people in my clinical practice that come to me with gut health issues, who also have skin issues in very many ways, we're, we're offering, um, you know, 
nutritional solutions as a good first and affordable step. Sounds good to me. Listen, what you put in your body is going to come out one way or another. A lot of times it comes out right there on your skin. So, you know, just be mindful of what you're putting into your body. You know, it plays a huge part. Also, drink a lot of water. Drink a good amount of water. Eat properly. Get your exercise. Get your sleep. These things all play into play into how your skin looks. So, yeah, and a lot of nutri- yeah, a lot of a lot of nutritional deficiencies will also show their ugly head in your skin. And so, it's just important to make sure that you're eating things that have a lot of colors and again are real food, and that you are getting those little micronutrients that you may be lacking from not eating enough of one type of food or another. Couldn't agree more. Yep. So on that note, do we have any more or no? no. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> hey, listen, we, we both been busy at work. I think it's, you know, a, a great place to, to end this episode where I, I would like to send a profound happy holidays to everybody, especially those of you that aren't able to see loved ones that have lost loved ones this year who have loved ones that are out there saving lives. We, we appreciate your sacrifice in helping the, the good of uh, humanity. And we are here to help you. So anything that we can do, you know, please don't hesitate to shoot us a line at team at maximalbeing.com. Um, there are people out there that are here for you. We have an amazing community of people that are very supportive. Um, Happy holidays, folks. Happy holidays. And Doc Mark, can you do me a favor and can you send them off, please? Yeah. So uh, that said, Maximal Beings, it's Doc Mock here with RN Graham, and we are here to maximize your pathway to wellness. And happy holidays, whatever you're practicing. Have a happy and wonderful and safe holiday. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Next week on the Maximal Being Podcast. You have to toss back a couple beers. You have to drink a nice scotch or whiskey or or a nice glass of wine. Isn't that what you're supposed to do? You're right. Like, whether we're happy, we're sad, we're angry, it doesn't matter. People are drinking left and right. They're coping with things with drinking. They're celebrating with drinking. But to be honest with you, I have not been drinking in 2020. Do us a favor, Maximal Beings, and leave us a comment or review. Hit the subscribe button. Let your friends and family know so that we can get the word out. And until next time, this is Doc Mock, and I'm here to maximize your pathway to wellness.